0: Hello, Belinda.
1: Hi, Omar.
0: What is this week's gratitude-blooming theme?
1: It's card number 29, bouquet, representing celebration. Whoop, whoop. Yeah.
0: And, and what are we looking at for this week's card? What's the the illustration that the artist Arlene uh, uh, focused on this week?
1: Well, this is the only card in the deck that has a combination of some of the gratitude blooming flowers. So we're looking at a rose and an iris in the back and a delphinium sticking up tall behind the iris.
0: I love that you can recognize these flowers because I was like, oh, this is just a cool bouquet of flowers. I didn't actually, (laughs) it it never occurred to me that these were actually. Gratitude Blooming Flowers, that's awesome. Yeah,
1: I'm curious to have Arlene share a little bit more about the bouquet, but these are the ones that I'm learning to recognize through this whole process of just looking at the card and sitting with it. And it's just beautiful how this bouquet is illustrated and sketched um, where you can see the rose from last week's theme of vulnerability present there. And then also just the, the tallness of the delphinium, which is just kind of presiding over the rose. What do you see?
0: Well, I just was appreciating that there's just um, a bundle. I think what I see is a bundle. Um, and, and what does it mean when we bring things together? And in, mm. in, in many ways, that's obviously then the perfect word for the week is celebration, right? Because it's about bringing um, people together oftentimes. And I looked it up, the etymology of uh, celebration from Latin, the verb is celebrare, and it means frequented or honored. And so celebration is about, you know, for us, and I think in this time often is about how do we come together on some regular basis to really honor something. Um, And what's also interesting is I looked up the word bouquet as well, and, Ooh. uh, it comes from French and it means clump of trees. And so, <laughs> you know, I guess, that, so it's kind of cool. You think about a bouquet as like, okay, it's about coming together around maybe a sacred place. Clump of trees does not sound like a sacred place, but you can imagine, where are we going to go? to hang out and really celebrate things. And, you know, I love that idea of just going out to some trees and being like, hey, let's create some space here to recognize this moment and whatever that moment is.
1: That's beautiful. I can feel the spirit of celebration with us today, Omar.
0: Well, it's definitely the season for celebration. Folks may have gotten together recently for the holidays and it may have been stressful. It may have been beautiful. It may have been... You know, maybe a reminder that you couldn't actually come together and travel in the way that you wanted, and so you know, part of the challenge with these things is that celebration is is meant to be positive, but it also can be super stressful. You know, I was holding a gratitude circle this month with St. James uh, Episcopal Church, and uh, people shared like, "Oh my goodness, so much anxiety around family coming together and." trying to like pause and find where can I practice self-care even during the holidays? Um, and, and sort of, what are those little timeouts that be like, all right, yay, everybody's coming together. And yet, okay, I need a little bit of downtime. Maybe some folks offer take a longer shower, go for a walk. Where are these little moments that we can kind of uh, break off and, uh, just reground ourselves.
1: Yeah, it's a good reminder too of how sometimes we get into the planning mind with these gatherings and and sometimes it's easy to miss the point of the actual energy of celebration of having fun of enjoying each other's company. So I love this image of the plants gathering. Together in a bundle and um, enjoying each other's company, even as we look at this card.
0: It's like, hey, I like to be with you. Um, You smell nice. And then you're like, okay, I want to go home now. (laughs) Um, So, you know, one of the things that we've been doing in our gratitude circles recently is, you know, sometimes we would just jump straight to the prompt, and that's like a lot to sort of. Uh, engage with. And so we've been thinking about what are like easier on ramps into self reflection and one easy on ramp for self reflection is just free association. So not overthinking anything. And so as we look at this week's theme of uh, celebration with this bouquet, let's free associate five words each. Uh, what comes up and I, I, ladies first. <laughs> Joy. Family.
1: Connection. Ritual. Diversity. Aroma. Gather.
0: Food. You know, this week's theme also around celebration really made me think about ritual and how we don't really have as many rituals anymore. I feel like there used to be kind of like rites of passage were a thing. And in there are some cultures, like um, in Jewish culture, you have the bar mitzvah or the bat mitzvah. And, you know, I'm looking forward to going to um, uh, a friend's bat mitzvah uh, at the end of this year and, you know, and excited for uh, my friend and her son and and her family Um, And we're actually all going out to the U.S. Virgin Islands. And it's like a whole sort of like week long kind of celebration of this transition, um, you know, from being a boy to a man. And I'm not Jewish, um, but my oldest daughter just turned 13 this year. And so I wanted to like think about how can we celebrate this beyond just getting a cake and some candles? And so we created some challenges for her. Um, You know, one challenge was at the beach, there's these buoys that are kind of a little bit further out than you might feel comfortable swimming. And so one challenge was for her to go out and swim uh, to the buoy. And, um, And it was awesome because she figured out a way for her to do it. She was very scared. And... Um, She ended up being able to bring her sister and their cousin. And I think they even used a paddle board to sort of find the level of comfort. And I didn't care like how they got there. I didn't create some rules around it. It was just get out to the buoy. And she faced those fears in a very real way. And now it's like a fun game for her to actually go out uh, to swim to the buoy. You know, and the other one of the other rituals was for her to create her own fire, right? That she could sort of get the kindling, get the log, light a match, figure out how to create the fire. And then we brought some friends and family together and just sort of each shared some words of what we might have uh, hoped we had heard when we were 13 years old. And so for me, it was just like, okay how do we remember that celebration is really particularly around the holidays is about ritual um and how do we mark these occasions i think sometimes we get distracted by the turkey or the the cake or whatever the thing is and maybe what's the bouquet that is actually bringing us together
1: i'm just appreciating how you are bringing meaning into this you know initiation for your daughter just You know, she's going to be our age at some point, looking back at her (laughs) 13-year-old.
0: Don't tell me that.
1: (laughs) She's going to just remember that and she's going to hold that in such a different way. And it's just so special how you moved beyond the planning of the event and really thought about the meaning that you wanted her to receive.
0: And, that you know, I think that's part of it is these rites of passage are opportunities to imbue the meaning that we want, right? And that's in some ways, what is a gratitude practice? A gratitude practice is in some ways a mini ritual, right? That every day we can be like, how am I going to mark this occasion? And am I just going to let this day go? Or am I going to like pause and try to like find a little bit of something to acknowledge the marking of this day? And if I can have that choice and I can have that agency, You know, I love this idea of gratitude uh, as being this ritual um, and really an opportunity to think about what is the bouquet in our life.
1: Yeah, it's almost like we don't have to wait for the holidays to be able to live that. If we have this daily practice, it's like every day is an opportunity to celebrate something.
0: All right. Well, and that's any habit. Has three things the reminder, the routine, and the reward. And the celebration is a part of that, right? Like, yes, we can, you know, get those good practices and we can do the practice. But what's that shoulder dance? What's that little thing to be like, yo, I'm celebrating? You know, this is fun, um, even through what can be and often is difficult, right? We just talked. That's how we started. Family gatherings, awesome, yummy food, lots of stress in the air. Um, and so, how do we sort of take, uh, find those silver linings and acknowledge the clouds? So, I'll be curious. Um, you know, this was just my like feeling in seeing this card, and it immediately made me think of ritual. But I'll be curious to hear how the artist, Arlene, really kind of came to kind of not sort of focusing on a singular plant, but really wanting to bring some of these plants together.
2: Here is the story of the celebration card featuring a bouquet of flowers. This is one of the only line drawings in the 100-day project that I made in ink, which is always a little nerve-wracking because your hand must be steady and the quality of the lines drawn need to be a bit more certain than when you're working with pencil. This drawing was made from a photograph I took of flowers at the bat mitzvah of a friend's daughter. It was the first bat mitzvah that I had ever attended. And I was in awe of the ceremony and the preparations made by this beautiful young girl, her family, and the community that supports her. And then separately, in the same week, another friend found out she got tenure, which felt like another really big thing to celebrate. So this drawing was made with a capital C for celebration in mind. Big thanks for such big, epic milestones. And looking back, it's interesting to see what flowers were in the bouquet. Many of them are flowers that appear in some of the other gratitude-blooming cards, like the rose, which covers our themes of choice, vulnerability, and grace, a gardenia, our theme of gentleness, an iris, our theme of impermanence, and the delphinium, our theme of infinite possibility. And there are other flowers in the drawing that aren't in our cards, but perhaps appear here to inspire you to take a close look and see what other themes come up for you. And those flowers are the tulip, the gladiolus, and the calla lily. The theme of celebration does feel like one that has many facets to it. Have you noticed that at times like those, those big celebrations, how large and flowing gratitude can feel? Even as I recall the moments that inspired this card, I can really remember how joyous I felt for my friends. So when this card appears, I always think of it as a reminder of that big feeling of gratitude that is almost imprinted on us from those moments of celebration we've experienced in life.
0: So what folks might not know is that We don't listen to Arlene's story until we record. And so just the fact that uh, I had talked about my friend's bat mitzvah and then hearing Arlene, that's the beautiful synchronicity uh, that we talk about oftentimes, the beautiful coincidence. (laughs) And we just put things out there and see what happens. How fun is that?
1: Almost feels like an exclamation mark from the universe.
0: (laughs) I didn't know that this was the only one or one of the only ones that she drew in pen and you know it's interesting to think about that sort of balance between temporary and permanent um and and, you know it's just how holidays particularly when they become rituals where they are marked on a particular day every year there's a permanence to them but each one is also then sort of unique and unto itself and like how do we uh, find joy in the thing that is, you know, hmm, ritualized.
1: I'm really struck by what she said around big gratitude. Uh, that's the spirit of celebration for her in this drawing. And it is interesting to think about all the world traditions, you know, and how every civilization wanted to mark time in this form of gathering and ritual almost to help navigate the cycles of the seasons and um, maybe even break through some of the monotony of life to be like, okay, we have this thing to look forward to in six Hmm. weeks um, or a month or two or three. Um, So I just love that our ancestors created this flow for us to continue and, and how Omar, your um, creating new meaning and new symbolism from from the markings of time.
0: Yeah, I just totally had this image as you were talking of some folks gathering around a fire and the amount of attention they must have paid to be like, hey, look, these stars are back a year later, right? Like they to be able to like pay attention to that level of detail and to be like, out of all these stars, these ones we know are different. Like this cycle of moon is now different. Um, Like I'm not sure I could actually track the cycle of moons without a phone. Um, And even with a phone, I'm not always very good at, you know, there's obviously like the sun is an easy one, right? Every day up and down. but sort of the waxing and waning um, of a moon. And so maybe that's what celebration does is it's part of our storytelling, right? And I think that's actually how a lot of cultures were able to remember the changing in cycles. It was actually embedded into their storytelling. And so the celebration actually was then the fireplace was really the moment that how do we share story? And in sharing story, we're actually marking occasions and we're marking time beyond just this moment. Wow, that's pretty beautiful. I hadn't thought about it like that before
1: and then the bigger markings of time around winter solstice and summer solstice and the equinoxes i remember a couple of years ago visiting stonehenge in england for the first time and just feeling so much awe of the magnitude of this creation that you know this very old civilization created and it and it was interesting because, you know, it's it's a big mystery in a lot of ways. Uh, we know why they did this and how and the bigger... What's the
0: setup for, for those that may not have, be familiar? Like, where is it? Like, what is actually there?
1: Yeah, I'm going to do my best to try to explain it. Um, it's about a couple hours south of London um, uh-huh. driving. And you, um, you literally are kind of driving in this highway and... Suddenly it's all kind of sheep pastures outside of London and you're going down and then all of a sudden you start seeing these clusters of large, large stones. I mean, you know, size of like small buildings and they're formed in a circle and then you see these mounds in the hills around it and and they're literally um, burial grounds for the royalty and... Mm. There's a lot of questions around how these big stones were moved, you know, to create this circular formation. And it's it's almost like this ring of circles made by stones, these very large stones. And a lot of people believe that um, there's energy in the way that these stones were created. And what I was really struck with just hearing the stories of Stonehenge was how they believed that this was a very sacred part of their land. And to honor the passing of time, they designed these stones in a way where you could really um, connect with the light and how they would hit the stones. And in many ways, it's this, you know, part of survival. You know, some of these civilizations created these rituals almost to help them navigate the uncertainty of agricultural scarcity and uncertainty around uh survival um just being able to celebrate life and to ask for a, a good crop for the next year you know it's like you're so interdependent with, with nature and and it's it's interesting to to understand it from that perspective of doing this ritual around these stone circles help them feel more at ease with the unknown? Mm.
0: You know, last year um, I was deep into my Qigong practices and thought about them as rain dancing. And it it came out of reading the I Ching, which is uh, the book of changes. And I loved how they define rain dancing as, you do rain dancing, not because you think it's going to make Something rain, you do it because you're preparing for yourself for when it does rain, and so by engaging in the practice, you're you're really about getting yourself ready, um, as opposed to oh my gosh, it's not raining, I need the rain, and then you're like sort of curled up in a ball, like ah, it's not happening, right? And you're sort of sad and depressed, and so it's like no, these the rain dance was actually how do I celebrate this moment. Even though it's not raining, I know I need to get myself into the mindset and prepare for things so that when it does rain, I'm ready. And so I love this idea of, okay, they're going to create this space to find meaning, to sort of help them, give them hope about, okay, there is all this uncertainty. We don't know how all these things are going to go, but we know time passes. Things do change. And how do we help ourselves be ready for it?
1: Hmm. I love the prompt related to this card, celebration. Do you think we're ready to share that?
0: Yeah, what is it?
1: So it's card 29, bouquet, celebration. Take a moment to remember what it feels like to celebrate. How can you celebrate the people places and things in your life
0: what i appreciate about this week's prompt is that it's a how question so it's not what are you celebrating it's how are you celebrating and so it's really been thinking it is thinking in many ways about ritual and practice and what are those things that we have in our lives uh, to be grateful for every day so what are some of your um rituals, Belinda, because I know you've got to have some rituals because <laughs> you're always telling me when the moon is doing something and I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Thank you.
1: Yeah. I think part of living in a rural area, Mount Shasta, California, where there isn't a lot of uh, street light, I'm constantly aware of how dark it gets at night and what the moon looks like. And literally. Um, when there is no moon, when it's the new moon, it's so dark and you can see the stars. And when it's the full moon, you don't even need a flashlight because it's so bright on the land. Um, It's interesting. I have two thoughts about this. Um, One is a little bit about the shadow side of celebration. So last week I, you know, shared with you about, um, uh, not last week. It was uh, the week before when we were talking about community and I was sharing about how I, as a child, loved to hold birthday parties because I just loved mm-hmm. right. um, this energy of joy when you bring people together as a child, you know, just playing and the and the energy of joy from playing. Um, what I wanted to, what this theme also brings up for me is as I became an adult, I think in my 20s, I started getting very anxious about the expectation of celebration. And so, what became something, what was once something very joyful for me as a child, became something that was felt heavy and filled with expectation. And I would kind of feel this sense of depression sometimes around my birthday in my 20s because it was almost like there was no amount of celebration that was going to be enough for the expectation of this, you know, new year of my life. And the way that I navigated the heaviness eventually was, I was like, well, what if I could create a tradition around this year that would take some of that heaviness of expectation away from, from me, my internal, um, dialogue. And so what I would do is I would go on Airbnb and I would find a place in the woods that um, was inspiring that I wanted to stay in and invite my closest girlfriends to stay with me every year. So that took the planning uh, anxiety away. And it was just this every year we had something to look forward to, a new experience um, that we could do together in community. And that became the tradition, the birthday tradition. So every year, you know, people will be like, "Where are we gonna? Where are we gonna go this year?" And it just became so fun. How many years
0: have you been celebrating this?
1: <laughs> it's been like ten years.
0: That's awesome. And how many people uh, are on the invite list? It,
1: it changes slightly every year, but it's it can go from fifteen to twenty people at times.
0: Oh, so it's like a legit <laughs> sort of. And and do you go like is do you stay locally in California or do you like have you started like travel?
1: What was amazing was it it ended, it was mostly around the Bay Area. You know, we go to like Napa or um, the woods in Marin. For those of you that know Northern California, and then the most epic one was my fortieth birthday, which I did on Big Island in uh, <laughs> twenty twenty. So that was just before everything, you know, changed. And uh, I remember feeling really shy about asking people to fly and stay with me on this island. Um, but it, it was just so interesting because that year when everything was unfolding, all of this unknown happening, people would text me and say, I'm so glad I said yes to this travel mm-hmm. because we, we don't know when the next time is going to be. And yeah, it, it felt like it became a group tradition instead of just this mm. thing that I, did, you know, did for my birthday to counteract my depression around it. I,
0: I, I think I definitely need to rethink my birthday because I, I grew up relatively poor. I mean, I always had food on my plate and a house over my head. And so I was, you know, from that point of view, always had the basics. But we definitely shopped at Salvation Army and none of my Legos ever matched because Legos don't match at Salvation Army's. And um, I never knew there were instructions for Legos um, until years later. Um, (laughs) And so birthdays always sort of felt like "Ah, I'm not going to actually get what I want. And so I just sort of always was like mm. managing my expectations. You use that word expectations. And so it's, I mean, and it's carried forward to this day where I'm like, ah, I don't really want anything because then it's easier to just be like, ah, but maybe what would it look like for me to, to change that narrative and be like, okay, I'm going to really, I mean, maybe the way, the other way that I do it now, honestly, is I just get what I want, when I want. And I'm like, I like this and I'm not going to wait for Some holiday to actually enjoy it. Like I'm going to be sort of just more present mind, but maybe there is something about sort of using that annual mark on the calendar. Um, My wife's the opposite; she loves celebrating. I mean, I think, and my Mm -hmm. daughters are definitely the beneficiaries of that that joy and celebration of birthdays. Yeah,
1: in this moment, I know your birthday's in May, so it's still you know a a while away, but. How do you want to celebrate you and your life? Because I know knowing you now, you are such a um you you think about other people a lot and you think about how you want them to experience something. But I'm curious for you in this moment, how do how would you want to celebrate you and your life? I mean,
0: literally the question in my heart is like thumping right now. I'm like, oh my God, so much stress thinking about what I would want and like how I'd want to like celebrate it um, I don't know. I, you know, I love food. And so what immediately comes to mind is like, what would be the theme around food and what it, would it mean to gather folks, you know, and what's kind of exciting about this moment right now is we're doing some construction on our house and, um, and we're, we're redesigning a house around a courtyard. Um, and you know, this idea of a, uh, of a, of a hearth, right? Like what is that sort of gathering place? Just like that fireplace that our ancestors sat around. And this is sort of what the courtyard felt like to us. It's like, how do we come around? And so, you know, I'm just, I'm imagining some amazing food, um, in this courtyard and just celebrating it with the people I love. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a, something to look forward to.
1: Hmm. I appreciate you sharing, um, the edginess around it too, just the thumping in your heart. Cause it is, it should be something joyful and fun and easy, but it's really, there's a, par- there's a paradox around celebration. I feel.
0: Yeah. It's cause it's a little bit of like, Hey, you know, I have to acknowledge myself and how I am changing and what are my expectations. Um, and it's sometimes easier to, def- to deflect and just be like, Hey, you know, I'll celebrate my daughters or I'll celebrate my wife or, um, and and to not kind of flip that around a little bit and be like, well, how do I want to celebrate me? Um, that's an interesting question. Uh, and I'm going to deflect. Do we have any gratitude circle stories this week?
1: <laughs> yes, we have two clips from some of our past circles where people chose this card celebration. and I can't wait to hear uh, what other people thought of when they saw this card and heard this prompt.
0: And as we listen, we're just really listening for resonance. And Belinda and I will just mirror um, the words that kind of uh, we feel connected to. And so whether it's just like at the beginning with free association or now resonance, these are just simple practices that we can do every day to just be more present to what is in front of us uh, and to acknowledge without having to do anything more or less than that.
1: So we invite you to listen with us and hear what resonates for you.
0: Yeah. It seems like celebration can be a, a synonym for gratitude.
1: Um, another way of being grateful. Oh, I just want to add another word to that. Cause it says, how can you celebrate the people, places, and things in your life? And I was thinking of my dog because she hasn't, she's sick right now. And, uh, I've been singing to her and really celebrating my friendship with her and uh, you know I want to add like other beings to that to that to the sentence there
2: to, in addition to people places and things
0: my dog caring one more thing
1: Gratitude in a bigger way.
0: So,
2: like, right off the bat, let's say there was a, a conflict in between your mind and your heart. Just fall into enjoyment. Celebrate. Celebrate the situation. Sing the sadness, the beautiful sadness, which is a card that you got this morning, Belinda. Hopefully you don't mind me sharing that. But, like, you celebrate it. In every single moment, once you elevate yourself to the, to the state of celebration, of enjoyment, of appreciation, of gratitude, everything kind of falls into place, almost like that would become the bedrock for everything to spring upon. So once that moment is reached, you can gain clarity in everything, because at that point you can see everything for what it is. It is a dance, it is a song, and you can enjoy it all, regardless of the situation bedrock of everything
0: dance and sing
1: celebrate the sadness
0: every day listening to these clips particularly the last one you know in some ways and this is why I love etymology is it gets back to the roots of things and The word celebration meaning frequented or honored. And what is it that we are frequenting? What is it that we are visiting? And what is it that we're visiting and thus honoring? Um, And we put all these attachments and these emotional sort of uh, landscapes, like my sort of feeling of a kid and kind of managing my expectations of what my birthday would bring has dampened sort of my mood from the birthday. There's no reason that needs to exist today, right? And so I can now revisit this feeling, revisit this day and honor it in a new way. And I think that's the sort of balancing act of these things is that there is a beauty in the ritual and the cadence of them, but we also can look at them with fresh eyes each time.
1: I also appreciate just um, today's balancing of the light and the darkness around celebration. And it it does feel uncomfortable to think about celebrating sadness. And the past few days, I've been pulling the card, beautiful sadness again. So it's interesting how it's very present in this season of my life right now. And, And maybe it's this season that we're all in, you know, fall going into winter and and it feels like we're missing something if we can't honor the struggle as well as the joy. And just last night, there's um, at our retreat center, there's a woman who is uh, writing her second book. She's been here for over a week And she left this morning and last night what we did was we did a fire ceremony for her outside by the creek for her to release something she no longer wants to hold on to anymore. And it makes me think of what you shared, Omar, of, yeah, how can I let that old stuff go so I can create space for the new thing? And that's just so important, you know, when we think about initiation and rites of passage it's all of the ways that we honor and mark time, this journey of life, that's full of surprises and delights and also struggle.
0: Yeah. Put that, you know, put those things that we no longer serve us into the fire and let it burn, you know, and learn to let go, and you know, and I think that's that is oftentimes, you know, sometimes it is the passing of someone, and how do we? Uh, honor them. Uh, and this is also then the reminder that, I forgot who said it, but it was basically like, let's give people flowers while they're alive. Let's not wait um, to put flowers uh, in a vase to recognize someone um, that has passed. Like, what does it look like to celebrate people today and now and let them know And so I think this holiday season, that's just really going to be like, okay, how can I take a slightly different approach uh, to this season, Um, particularly after the pandemic and everything else that has happened? So as we think about this next week's practice, do you have uh, one for us?
1: Well, it's going to be very connected to this prompt of celebration, So this practice is savor the celebration. So I just invite you as you tune in to think of one thing that you want to celebrate in this moment. And just... Bring some energy of gratitude to that thing, that big gratitude, that thing that you want to celebrate. It could be celebrating yourself, a loved one who is here or has transitioned, or a moment that you experienced while gathering with loved ones. Just really savor that feeling of celebration for that thing in this moment. To just remember that feeling, how it feels in your heart or in your body. Just naming that feeling and savoring that feeling of celebration. Oftentimes when we celebrate, we think about what we want to do and not as much on how we want to feel. And you can always go back to that feeling just by naming it. I want to feel joy. I want to feel lighter. I want to let that thing go.
0: Thank you, Melinda, for another wonderful practice. Savor to taste. To really appreciate celebration. We wish you all a happy holiday in whichever way you can make for you. And we want to hear. Uh, please share with us your stories at our gratitude hotline. Just leave a message. Uh, send us an email. All the details are in the show notes in the links below.
1: Cheers to celebration. woo woo!
0: Cheers. Hehehehe. <laughs>